Welcome to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. If photography is not just something you do, but who you are, this is the place for you. In this podcast, we talk about everything you need to be, do, or have to reach your true potential. Let's celebrate the creative photographer's lifestyle with your host, my dad, Linford Morton. Hi, and welcome again to the Shutterbug Life Podcast. This is episode 033, number 33, and thank you for starting your week again with us in the Shutterbug Life community, and me in particular. My name is Linford Morton, and I'm the host. You can call me Lynn like all my friends do, because you are now in that number. This is your photography lifestyle podcast, and it's for those of us, I like to think, who eat, sleep, and breathe the stuff. We love photography. And so this is our time to begin the week just by spending some time together and talking shop, if you will, just talking about the things that help us become better or even become our best. So I'm glad you're here. And uh, and we have a great, uh, we have a really fun episode in store for you today. Today I interview Mark Steinus, who is a Hollywood journalist and photographer. And he is sharing just a bit of his passion and some of the things he's learned with us and some of the things we might even learn along the way ourselves. I think I've boiled down some of the lessons to at least three takeaways that I'm going to share at the end of the interview with Mark. But it's I hope you find it as inspiring as as I did. Mark's a great guy, and we just had a lot of fun in our chat together. So you have that in store for you. Before we get to that, we I usually just talk a little bit about our Shutterbug life, at least in the past week. And it's usually sort of some of the things that um you know I've had going on and some some of the things that I've we've done together when we um when I when we've worked together during the past week. But I want to put that aside for a moment and just talk about um, something that happened this week. I got to experience the power of photography in a in a very personal way, and I, I I came away with some lessons that I'd like to share with you. You know, we often think about our photography as a tool to express beauty and and take things that we photographs that we that we think are beautiful, but sometimes in just documenting and storytelling it can have just as much impact and it can be just as powerful. So here's what I mean. Um, I lost my cousin yesterday and she was, um, you know, around my age, we grew up together and uh, she had been battling cancer for the last seven months. And yesterday she actually lost that battle. Uh, We knew the time was near, but, but, you know, like most families, we were remaining hopeful and hoping that, you know, something extraordinary would happen. Well, I was on my way out to actually see her. She 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 was in in New York City, and I was in New York, and I'm going out to visit her and the family at the hospital. And as I'm riding out on the train, I was about 20 minutes away from the hospital. I got the message that she just she didn't make it. So that, you know, wow, that was a sort of a, a really a, a sad time for our family. 
Now, when I arrived, the immediate family was still in the room, and everyone was just quietly grieving. And I, I shared this not 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 to make an make this sort of a sad or a downer uh, mood, but again, there's this there's this photography lesson on the other end, so just stick with me. I packed my camera to take with me, and I didn't know if I'd be able to use it. I didn't think I would be able to uh, use it without feeling a bit self-conscious, like maybe I was being inappropriate or something like that. But in any event, I took it anyway, and uh, when I arrived, I, you know, in the, looked around the room, and, uh, you know, the, the, the my cousin who had just passed was still in the room. Her mother, my aunt, was also in the room. Um... And then my cousin who passed, her brother was also in the room. But his sister, their sister, was in Atlanta. And so, you know, there was that part of the family. And then and then my other aunts, you know, the, you know, the aunt who's the mother of my cousin who passed. I know, right? Stick with me. So a couple of them in the room also. And so I get there, and we're all just sort of quietly grieving, and I couldn't bring myself to take the camera out of the bag. But there was this moment when I saw my aunt reach over and sort of touch the, you know, the ankle area of the bottom of her her foot or her leg, and she was just sort of rubbing it while she was rocking in in this chair, and you know, my two, the other two aunts were sitting next to her. And so I raised my iPhone and I snapped a quiet photo of my aunt touching her ankle and her two sisters next to her who were there for comfort. And they're all in their, this, uh, I guess, the protective sort of gowns that they make people wear when they're, because they were in the room and she was still alive and, and because she was really ill, they had to wear uh, the gowns. So anyway, I snapped a, uh, a, a quiet photo of that. I don't think anyone noticed what I was doing. And I, I thought about, you know, her sister in Atlanta who couldn't be there. So I texted it to her. And when I did that, I felt a little like I wasn't quite sure if I should do it. I was worried that perhaps she might find it inappropriate. She might find it too emotional. She might be, a, I don't know. I didn't know what to, what to make of it, but I just, you know, I, I just sort of went with this feeling I had to just snap and send it. And then I'm I'm glad I did because what I got all back almost immediately was thank you so much. I've been here going crazy, wondering what's happening in the room, and I just got a, like a glimpse into what's going on. I feel like I'm somehow a little better connected. Thank you so much for that. And I thought about that. And I said, hmm, that's interesting. I I hadn't considered that angle. And so I started snapping some more. You know, I snapped uh, when the pastor came and prayed with the family. I I snapped a bit of the room itself. She had, my cousin had just celebrated her birthday a couple weeks ago. So they were, you know, have happy birthday balloons in the corner. And I snapped some of that and, you know, just a few things here and there. But, but then I think the one that uh, I was really happy I captured was, my aunt, when it was all time for us to leave the room, she went over to you know her daughter and sort of cradled her face between both hands, 
leaned over and started whispering to her, you know, I love you and goodbye. And she kissed her on the forehead. And as she did, I snapped that photo. And I sent it off to, you know, to my cousin in Atlanta. And she wrote back, you know, she said, oh, my, Lynn, I completely lost it when I saw that. Now, when I sent the picture, I sent uh, the caption underneath it. I said, you know, the last goodbye as, you know, she was kissing her daughter before we left. She said, I lost it. And she said, oh, my God, I've just, I just I, that was just so emotional for me. And then she went on to say that she said, until I saw that, I really hadn't processed what what was what had really happened. And and that's when I finally got closure when I saw that image and I, and I saw your words underneath it. And, oh my goodness, I am so thankful to you for sharing that with me because that let me just sort of experience what was going on in the room and come to my own closure on what had just happened today. Wow. Now, you know, I took away a couple things from that. You know, in, 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 first of all, in the midst of all the sadness, it's the photographer's instinct to start taking pictures because, you know, we had about 10, maybe 12 people in the room at, at any, you know, going and coming and no one else thought to stop and capture the moment. And, and I think it's part of it is it's our gift to, it's our gift to share. And it's a gift that I unwittingly gave to my cousin who was thousands of miles away and, and, and was felt disconnected from what was going on in the room. And she got to say goodbye to her big sister through the magic of photography. You know, the you know, other thing is I wasn't going to shoot anything at all because I was feeling self-conscious. I was feeling that it, somehow I would be in the wrong for doing this. And it reminded me the reminded me of a lesson we talk about during street photography that sometimes we have to get out of our own way you know sometimes our job is to tell the story and to not be so inwardly focused that we miss the opportunities to share what's going on around us to 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 preserve a moment and to let someone else see feel understand what's going on where we are Sometimes we have to get out of our own way and remember that it's, it's our job to tell the story, that it's really about them, not us. It's it's not about us. It's about them. It's about honoring our subjects with our gifts. It's about using them, our gifts, to help our subjects and to tell our subjects' story. And I think the the, the sooner we learn to stop focusing on ourselves and really focus on them and telling their stories. I think the, the sooner we'll start to be able to use our gifts for something good and something useful. I mean, that's the lesson I had to learn that we can use our gifts to touch someone, this gift of photography we have, and even to make someone to help someone heal. And that's just a tremendous gift. And, It'd be a shame if we didn't use it because we were so focused on our own feelings. All right. So that's all I've got. Um, just uh, hang on to that. I hope it didn't bring you down too much. I just wanted to share the photography lesson 
on the other side, we'll start with Mark Steinis and the lessons learned from a Hollywood journalist and photographer. You know, in some ways, Mark Steinis is a man who has it all. He's a straight A. He was a straight A student, good looking. He earned a scholarship to colleges and athletes, and now he has a career as a broadcast journalist in Hollywood, where he spent many years hosting Entertainment Tonight, and now he's a host on the Hallmark Hallmark Channel's Home and Family Show. And Mark will be the first one to tell you he's been blessed. And what I like is. With all that going on, he still counts himself as a photographer. He's one of us. He's part of our community of photographers. And as I'm talking with Mark uh, this week, you know, it, it sort of made me think, you know, what kind of photography would you do if you didn't have the traditional barriers of time or money? And and I, and that's not the focus, of course, of, of our interview, but it's sort of something that you'd want to think about. Because in talking with Mark, I got a couple lessons that, that I think you ought to be able to take with you. Um, you know, Mark has a lot of fun with what he does, and and I, I think that comes through. It's a fun and inspiring story, and you're going to learn how to use your gift to help others and how to play to your heart's content, and you're going to learn how Mark does it Hollywood style. All right? So this is, again, another fun and inspiring story. Here's Mark Steinis. <laughs> Okay, I'm with Mark Steinis, who is an Emmy Award journalist and photographer. And boy, his bio is so long, I probably wouldn't do it justice. So I'm going to bring Mark in and ask him to tell us about himself. Hi, Mark. How are you? Hi, Lynn. Yeah, I, you know what? We've, I've got to shorten that bio, don't I? It's just, <laughs> it's like a novel. I've actually contemplated writing a book because I've been telling stories to friends lately because of where I am in my life. And they're like, you have to do a book. And then some people say, you need a book on photography. You need a book on your stories and, and all the things you've done. But in short, um, you know, I was a, a boy raised by two parents in Dubuque, Iowa, both farmers, both very limited education. My mom had an eighth grade education. My dad had sixth grade. They worked on the farm. How I got to Hollywood, how I became a sportscaster first and, an, and, an, and an, you know, a, a, scholarship, a scholarship athlete in college to play football. How I ended up hosting Entertainment Tonight for, for almost a decade and on that show for 17 years and now hosting a show on Hallmark, I have no idea. People ask me all the time, <laughs> like, how do I get to where you, I wanted your job? And I'm like, good luck. I have no idea. There, you, if you follow my breadcrumbs, you might, but I don't think there's any even footprints anymore because it's such a different terrain these days right. and how to get to where you're going. But in short, that's what it is. You know, I mean, if you, you know, uh, I, I'm only going to mention this because it, it adds, I guess, to the bio, but I have four Emmys for documentary stuff that I've done and hosting things that I've done through the years and a Golden Mike Award and a variety of things, which is all validation. We've got two Emmy nominations for the show that I currently host. It's just all I, the reason I say that is just validation that you, know, you, you surround yourself with good people that know what they're doing and your, your work is elevated to a point where it's beginning to be recognized. And that's part of the key to success is knowing where that standard is and where the bar is. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you know, congrats on such a such a successful career. It, it's interesting because photographers, 
many of us just come from so many different backgrounds. I've talked to you know, engineers and and electricians and everyone who, but you know, now we have a, someone who's actually from Hollywood who also counts photography as one of his skills. So t t tell me about that. H how did you come to photography and, uh, you know, what was your path? Well, my journey started, you know, I was, I grew up, as I said, in Dubuque, Iowa, a small town in the Midwest, right along the Mississippi River. And when I discovered photography, I was in high school and shot newspaper and shot for the yearbook. And as I began to explore options after school, uh, you know, if I were to graduate, it was simply doing headshots and high school graduations and weddings. And I didn't really want to do that. Um, I ended up getting a scholarship to go to college. Of the colleges that I went to, the one I picked didn't have, which was Northern Iowa, great school, but for more for educators. Had a, had a media department that was growing, but it didn't really have anything to offer in photography. So it led me down the path to videotape which then led me to video camera, which then led me to internships. Because once I got that and, and it spoke to me, it spoke to me. And I was um, you know, getting straight A's in all of my media courses and whatnot, and I ended up getting a, another scholarship, an academic scholarship on top of my athletic scholarship. So I kind of made money in school. But I worked, <laughs> at the, I worked at the local NBC affiliate for a couple of years and really had a couple of mentors. You know, they, they saw how hardworking I was with a camera. I was never about you know, who put me on camera, but they saw something in me. Mm -hmm. uh, their name, Ron Steele, who is still the anchor back in, at uh, KWWL in Waterloo, Iowa, and Liz Mathis, who actually went on to be a U.S. senator, but she's no longer. But they both were instrumental mentors in my life and said, no, you need to get in front of the camera. So uh, out of the shell I came and I began my career as an on-camera personality. And that's that's kind of the time that the the still the, the photography kind of faded into the background. Mm -hmm. and, and like many people, you have children and you know the power of an image frozen in time. And that's one of the things that I needed. I was like, I have to have pictures of my kids. And digital was sort of coming onto the scene there, at least in my eyes. And, um, you know, I just began the collection of going, no, I need a faster camera. I need a faster lens. I need, I need better equipment. I need to, how do I do that cool post effect? How do they make it black and white? How do they? Right. So, and it just grew from there and there. So that's great because you said joked earlier that you you almost had to drain your kids' college accounts to, <laughs> to support yeah, I this. Know, I know, I know. I, <laughs> you know what? It's like you give them just enough that they're okay, but not enough that they can't do. You know, they don't have to do anything. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. I'm playing that line. I'm toting that line. So that's it's right. be like, Dad, you spent so much money. Now I actually have to work. I'm that's like, right. that's right. <laughs> that's funny. Um. So now that you're back in it, you're you're largely self-taught, as, as I understand. You said you you yeah. spend. Go ahead, tell me about that. The yeah. learning process for you. Well, it was <sighs> Greg Gorman, who is a well-known photographer. He's um, Greg and I actually have the same birthday, but he's a he's Greg. I think turned sixty-six this year. Uh, he's really the only one that I took formal sort of training from, and I went to one of his he went his workshops. I went up to Mendocino. And spent about a week up there and worked with him in a small group of, I think there were 12 of us. And it, it, it lit a, pa a fire underneath me. But up until that point, it was trial and error, shooting friends, looking at pictures online, watching tutorials, finding anything I could because I was working. I was always traveling with Entertainment Tonight. So I would, whatever I could do at that time, obviously you couldn't get online and watch stuff on, on the airplane. So I would download 
these movies or videos or tutorials and I would study them on the flight to New York or to London. I would prep for my interviews on the return flight. It was all my time and I would for hours watch this stuff or read and have photo, uh, Photoshop magazine or you know Lightroom and I would process images and play with them. And then later on actually, it, and it didn't, I don't know why it didn't hit me, but I started packing more camera gear than I did wardrobe for my assignments. <laughs> and I found myself like going to Moscow or I would be in Italy or I would be traveling to Borneo or Egypt or London or um, all over the place, you know, everywhere in this country. And I started finding moments like in Venice, we went on assignment there for the tourists with Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. And Everybody breaks for lunch, and I grab my camera, and I just start running down those streets and trying to grab pictures and storytelling and just images and things like that. Because how many times do I get to fly there on somebody else's dime and, and right. uh, take these images? So that's kind of where it all came from, is this where opportunity was really in, intersecting my passion. And, and I had people around me that taught me lighting I worked with one of them, bless his heart, Dan Coletto, passed away a couple, two years ago. He lit some of the top stars in the, on the sound stages here in Hollywood for years. And he taught me about light. And he taught me to see light. And uh, I have graphic artists who I would work with. Who, you, know, you watch Entertainment Tonight and you see these amazing graphics. I would go in with a picture and they're like, oh, here, we can swap their head off and put this one on here. Or, you know, <laughs> this group's got this complaint or whatever. And they would show how I could do some of this stuff. So they taught me Photoshop as well. And then it eventually grew into Lightroom and On One Software and you know, all the other stuff that's out there now for photographers to use. Mm-hmm. So what, are you, what, what were you doing with these images? Um, you're, you're going to these great locations and you're, you've got all this at your disposal. What do you do with the images? Are you selling them? Well, or just hanging in the gallery or what? <laughs> that's the stupid part about it, Lynn, is I don't do it. <laughs> them i share them i see this is where it gets a little crossways because i'm sure there are photographers that are listening or are hearing my story and i on one level like jeremy who does i'm here on my set i'm in my trailer right now for my show home and families we're in rehearsals and getting ready to go we do a two-hour show live every day and jeremy is our staff photographer so he's always shooting pictures and i see him busting his hump and i love i'm like not that I'd necessarily want to do it. It's not the most creative thing because he's out there, you know, schlepping it. But he gets to shoot stuff every day, process images. He's in the mix. He's always doing it. And I got to touch and go with it. Mm-hmm. But the, the good thing is, is I know it's difficult to make a living at it, especially today when everybody holding an iPhone thinks they're a photographer. Right. And it, it's a diff, you know, they'll be like, can you just take a picture of my, you know, this wedding party on my iPhone because they just want to share it and they think they actually have a keepsake. And you're like, no, right. no, this is not going to work. So um, I don't do a whole lot. Here's, here's a couple of things that I did do. So my boy's pediatrician, and this was, I was very inspired after leaving Greg Gorman's workshop. Uh, Bob Hamilton is our boy's pediatrician, and he goes to all these places around the world, and he does, you know, a a couple of times a year, and he sets up these medical missions. And he would have me host the event, because why? I was the, you know, I could get up there and be the song and dance man and the host and brought in, you know, the sort of the celebrity feel to it. But I told him, he would give me a stack of like four by six images, and he's like, if you hold this up and you, you show people, like, this is what we're working with. And I'm like, Bob, you're in a theater. People can't see a four by six image that I'm holding up. So I told him, I said... 
you clear the way for me. I will pay my way there. I will make this book happen. I will shoot it, processes, everything. You give me a spot on that travel team and get me, you know, tucked in in a hotel and all that and accommodations. So I tucked into, there were about 39 of us and I went over and I made a book for him. He made about 80 grand off of it in selling it and raising money. So to me, that was part of what I sort of ask of people saying, find what your true passion is. Know that God has blessed you or whoever your higher calling has blessed you with this skill and use it to help others. You're mm-hmm. a hairstylist. If somebody is whatever, having you know a bad hair day because of health reasons or cancer or whatever, and you can help make them feel pretty, then go do that on your free time because that is a gift that you've been giving, given. And that's what I try to do with my photography. You know, is I try to I try to use it in ways that can help others. That's beautiful. So, what are you shooting these days? I I, I see some underwater photography. You want to tell me about that? I yes. Um, you know, it started actually with, and I I don't want to say I despise the iPhone because I don't. But you know, the whole idea. I'm not the big selfie picture taker. I'm not. People are using it all the time, and I just feel like it's creating this subculture of whatever out there. But I had a friend come over. She had an iPhone in a waterproof case, and she's like, hey, let's do some fun stuff underwater. So I took a couple of shots, and I was like, wow, that looks actually pretty good for an iPhone. Ah, that's not bad. <laughs> but then, you know, of course, me, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bust out my 5D, and we're gonna, I'm going to get the <laughs> eye light, and I get on B&H, and I look up, and I do all my research because I'm notorious for doing that, mm-hmm. and I find what I think is right for me and what, uh, what I plan on doing, and I get the underwater housing. Um, in the process of, of getting into the underwater photography, I made two critical errors. One where I, one of my cases I bought for my iPhone completely failed. So I lost my iPhone. And then the second time I used the Ike light underwater, I didn't put the housing together correctly and I lost my Mark three. Um, so it was, it took a swim and that was gone. So I had to replace it, but these are lessons learned on the journey. And can can we unpack that just for a minute there? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. what was, what did you not know about these that led to the failure? Uh, it was just, it was, it was the housing. When I put it together, there were four screws that I thought had been tightened oh. and they weren't, and that's what happened. It wasn't, okay. it was a, the product is amazing. It was all user error. It was my bad totally. And I just ate it. And I was like, you know what? Live and learn. Yikes. But what came from it was like anything, tenacity. You don't back away from it. You get back on the horse and you go. So I replaced the camera, went back underwater and came up with some really, you know, I, again, working with JK, our lighting guy here, I got six 1K lights and put them around my pool. Wow. Uh, we had every breaker in the house popping, so we had to run extension <laughs> cords everywhere. So I'm having that addressed right now with my electrician. We're going to run some dedicated power lines and all the safety measures and the GFIs wow. and stuff. And um, happened to cast a mermaid and a sailor. Um, we did just a couple people, Debbie Metanopoulos, who was on The View years ago, and I worked with her. She hosts The Insider now on CBS, and she's a correspondent here. Um, she just jumped in in her beautiful dress. Paige Hemis, who came in in a wedding dress. We had a lot of fun underwater. Oh, wow. I'm going, my next my next adventure though is um, Halloween is coming up, so we're going to do zombies. We're going to do mummies. Um, I'm working with my prop master here. We're going to come up with some underwater props. Trying to figure out how I can go black bottom if I can put some duvetine under down and let it sit if it'll stay. Um, we're doing in water lights. 
and above, so we're going to try a combination of the two, put up some speed rail. These are all things, I'm telling you, Lynn, these are all ridiculously stupid things to do because I'm not selling the images. I may do a book one day. It's just my hobby. It is my fuel. People talk about, oh, I went out, my golf game's doing well. I'm going out to the cigar shop, and we're going to sit with the fellas and, and sip some good scotch and toke cigars. That's fine. I'm not that guy. I'm the guy who goes, hey, do you know anybody who wants to be a mermaid? You know, like, <laughs> I need a Tinkerbell, you know? Like, that's, that's who, who I am. So, 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 so tell me, Mark, how much the, did the mermaid shot cost you? Can, can oh, we talk numbers uh, here? Because that sounds really expensive. Uh, it was a $2,500 camera for sure. Uh, <laughs> okay. It was 500 for hair and makeup. I was okay. for an assistant. Um, the Ike light was too grand just to get that. But, you know, some of these things you reuse. You, you can rent? Okay. Uh, yeah, you can rent those. But, you know, I'm going to be using that Ike light for another. You know, I shot several other things. Okay. Um, but you know what? It, fortunately, I'm blessed to be able to have the resources. And this is, please don't take this like I'm a bragger. Because I just have been blessed to go, hey, this is what my passion is. My, I want my children to see what passion looks like and how to put this stuff together. I'm a producer at heart. And, you know, I, I see this as a way of working with Hallmark. Maybe it leads to some greeting cards for Hallmark or something. I don't know. Mm, you never, you know, we had, we had Deepak Chopra on the show. I don't know oh, if you know. Nice. You yes, know. I know who he is. And, and, you know, I studied his stuff years ago. And he said, he said, um, his big thing is, you know, um, uh, detachment from the outcome. So just be in the moment, have passion with detachment from the outcome, meaning don't worry about You can have expectations, but don't be attached to those. So if it doesn't go your way, it becomes a failure. And this, for me, I'm, I'm detached from whatever happens to the pictures happens. And if it gets a bunch of likes or people are really buzzing about it, it led me to your doorstep. And then people get to know me a little bit more. That's good. So that's mm. part of the reward of the $2,500 camera that took a, a dump, you know? And, well, yeah, but it, it, that's so fascinating. I like, I like, really like that message, d- detached from the outcome. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, especially when you're in the learning phase where the outcome is probably not where you want it to be quite yet. You know, the first time you do your shoot, sure, it probably isn't there. And, and so the process is learning and, and, and working. Oh, that's 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 great. So, I think one of the things that I can talk go on, about, go please. Like, so, so the underwater pictures that you know, I I have everything. I Instagram has become my best friend because I don't like how Twitter handles. I don't like the interface with it. Facebook is getting a little bit like your parents' Cadillac, a little outdated. <laughs> but I like Insta. I like the way you can see imagery, and it's really good for someone like myself who's a visual person. Mm-hmm. But one of my this is what I do for my workflow because this the stuff that I'm sharing. This is my very first ever underwater shoot, right. so I have so much growth to happen. And I'm I'm I've had some other photographers send me some things. And I've been asking them questions. It's all about learning. And, but what I will do is I'll go back and, and, you know, and I teach my kids this. It's like, this is great. Let's celebrate it. But how can we be better? So I'll look at this and go, okay, how can I back off the contrast? So how can I open this pool area up? I don't have a big pool by any stretch. Mm-hmm. It's only five and a half feet deep and just sort of getting the rhythm down of breathing. I'm going to do a test shoot this weekend with two models that I want to use. Um, but I got to make sure they can do it. It's not an easy process shooting underwater, a model. I mean, it's easier for the photographer because you just have to drop and lose all your air and go down. We're not in, you know, I'm not in scuba gear or anything like that. So you're so down. You're, you're holding your breath while you do this? You're not. No, breathing. but you're actually, you're not holding your breath because if you hold your breath, 
if you take a deep breath, you'll never get down to the bottom. So you right. have to let all your air out, sink to the bottom, work your behind off as fast as you can, and let them. I usually go first and get to the bottom and let settle and let them, you know, give me 15 seconds before they enter or come, you know, start to drop. And, um, and so that's a little bit of the workflow. So there's a little bit of a dance that happens with it. Wow. But, um, yeah, that's, that's a whole separate thing. So I, you know, you're so involved and when you're working underwater, I don't like to open up the housing a lot. The Ike light gives you a lot of opportunities to make adjustments, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I know my next time around, I'm gonna. I've got a couple other things I'd like to do with lights. I was using fire starters, which are these really sharp, you know, shafts of light that you can get. Mm-hmm. And I loved the effect on it, but I may want to open up a little bit more and get a softer globe in there just to see what it does. Um, but you know, it's all. And then dropping lights in the pool water, you don't get reflection across the top of the water, which mm-hmm. I'm learning as well. So we get a, we get some really cool stuff. Um, um, but to me, it's that's what it's about as an so, artist. So, so why wouldn't you use scuba gear? Why why why, why would well, you need to empty your lungs and yeah. go down and come back up? Well, because one, I don't my my two things. I am a I am a certified diver. I haven't been diving for years. But once you go down and you're taking in all that CO two, you at some point you have to you have to let that all off. So we shot for hours. So there's no way for me really to go down and come back up and come back down with all the gear on because I'm coming out mm. got um you know going to the side of the pool making adjustments hopping out if we've got to change lights or redirect stuff I just don't want to have that tank on and I, I my subject matter is not doing it so ah, okay. no reason for me to stay down there forever if they're you know doing it so it's a little bit clunky in a way but you need somebody that's really focused like I've been finding dancers Mm-hmm. are good um they are good or are not good they they are good because they okay. can really they they know how to carry their lines really well right i've shot this friend of mine who's tall and lanky and she's beautiful but she looks like she was hit by a train because she's got every limb kind of bent and wrist mm-hmm. broken and knee bent and ankle out to the side and she's like i just feel like i'm a giraffe and high heels down there and um, so, so a dancer I find and just graceful, right? Much more graceful because that world underwater that I am learning is—it's a magical fantasy land. It's not a place you want to do a portrait shot. It's a—it's a place you want to create a story. You right. want to create a fantasy down underneath there. I took a friend who is extremely pregnant and. Um, she was like, oh, I just feel so ugly. I put this on my Instagram. I feel so ugly. So I said, you know what makes a girl look pretty or makes her feel sexy is high heels. So put your high heels on. And we, she put on this little bikini, but we wrapped her in this fabric just to give it some flowiness. Mm-hmm. And it took us forever, but I wanted her sinking on her, like to the floor of the pool on her back completely flat. And because of her belly and the weight, she couldn't quite get it. She didn't it. And um, uh, we finally got her to do it. And when we did and she found it, it was, it was just a magical shot. It was a little bit out of the light, but I didn't want to be, have her keep doing it because she was like, right. you know, that pregnant. She's like, oh, my God. Um, so. And these are all in your pool? All these images were in your five-foot pool because they look pretty deep. Yeah, these were – my pool's about five and a half feet deep. Interesting. It's not – yeah, it's – and that's why, you know, I'm shooting with a 20 prime, so I don't have, okay. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't, 
Actually, Eichelite didn't have something for me to use with the 16. I've got the, the 16 um, millimeter, um, 1635 uh, zoom, but I was like, I don't really need to zoom. I can either swim in closer to them. And, but uh, the 20 is like perfect for what I'm dealing with. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, I, I actually would hesitate. Two things if someone were going to do this. Yeah, I was going to ask the challenges there. Go on. Yes, I would say stay away from a pool that has a tiled bottom. My pool has tiled just around the top lip where the waterline is, mm-hmm. and I, I have to Photoshop that out. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, working in, uh, there's a shot that I did that was sort of a, based off a of Clockwork Orange inspired, and it's during the day, and you see from that picture on my Insta, you see like all the dimpling from the sky overhead and the reflections that are across the bottom of the pool, which you typically don't see if you're just swimming. You don't notice them, but when you start shooting, you see it. But So I would say if you're trying to get away from that, um, shoot with an overcast sky. You know, if you're shooting, if you're, if you've got the gear, you know, you can jack your ISO up and you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, or you can shoot at dusk when the sun is off the pool, you know, and still has light coming in. Or wait till night and try to, you know, if you can rent gear to go do it. I don't know if you could get away with using standard like shop lights that are floodlights at 500 watts. You know, that you could get. Um, at a Home Depot or some, one of the big um, stores like that because they're just more of a flood. It could make something interesting, but mm. I, I, have to, I have to say this disclaimer, safety, 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 electricity around water. Yeah, I was you, thinking about that. You sandbag those you know, stands, you get GFIs put in place, you get dogs away from it, you get kids who want to run away from it. You, you, you focus and, and we did. I mean, we, my son was with me, but he was, he would sit on my back to help me sink at the end of the night. Um, and he's 11, but he loved, (laughs) he loved, um, what we were doing. It really got into it, which was nice. But yeah, that safety is so important. So important. Yeah, I would think so. Um, so say, any other challenges for someone who might be interested in, in underwater photography? What, what should they know? Like what, what, do you, what else do you think you know now that you wish you would have known when you started? Well, that's a great question. I would – here are a couple of my tips. First of all, if you – I did a DIY for our show. You know, it's like you know, people who watch our show can't afford to go out and spend all this stupid money that I do on things. Mm-hmm. Not stupid. It's my passion for them. So if you're if you think you might be interested, get a get a good water ca- waterproof case for your phone before mm-hmm. you get in the pool and do it. You test that case; they tell you that you seal it up, go in the pool, put a weight on it at the depth at the maximum depth of your pool, because some of them are only like six and a half feet, you know, deep, and then they they start to compromise. But put it in there, put a weight on it, let it sit for thirty minutes, have a piece of tissue paper in it, make sure it works. Take some pictures with your iPhone. See if you like it. See if it's something that you're sort of into. You don't have to be the scuba diver. If your pool is 10 feet deep, it could be a pain in the butt to do, actually, because to get that far down. Mm-hmm. Now, it may give you this big, vast space, which is cool, because I'm going to try to do a couple of things, and I don't know if I have the space for it. But um, at the end of the day, give that a shot. Give it a try. I like the plain bottom pools because it kind of goes away, and it becomes sort of vague and, and, and not tiled. Um, so, so do that. If you do like it and you make the invent- investment, then the next thing I would say is make sure you plan out storytelling because it right. is an, a remarkable space to create these emotional, ethereal, um, storytelling images. You know, there's a couple, like I had the mermaid and 
I had a sailor holding a lamp like he was lost at sea. You know, I, I personally like to create enough of a story that the that but it's incomplete. Right. So people kind of go, wait, what's happening here? What is he lost? Is he a dead sailor with this lamp and he's this mermaid's coming to find him? Is so I want them to create that mystery. And if I can get somebody to spend three seconds longer with my picture than they would at some museum at another one next to it. I consider that a victory um, because we do, we're inundated, Lynn, you know, we mm-hmm. look at the internet as picture. I saw that. I saw that. And you go through Instagram. I saw that. I'll double tap, double tap. Right. Right. If I get somebody to go, wait, Ooh, wow. What is that? Have you seen that? Oh, that's cool. Let me write a comment. Well, yeah. And when it happens, you know, you you're resonating with your audience engagement. Right. So what's the, I'm, I'm looking at your pictures now, actually uh, really fun stuff. There's one that's sitting right here next to me in my trailer Straight that I Straight out of Zoolander. Um, yeah, no. If you go further down, I went home and I shot my first and only wedding. And it was my goddaughter's wedding, and she asked me to do it. It was the oldest barn in Iowa. And oh, nice. she just sent me a couple of iPhone pictures. And I go, okay, that's great. It was, it's, it's on the historical list or whatever. And um, I, I get there, and there's one window and no lights. And I'm like, Shelly, are you kidding me? And she goes, why? I took a picture. And on her iPhone, of course, it's okay. But I go, so I immediately run out. These may be on there, Lynn, if you go down a little bit. But uh-huh. um, I went out. I bought 16, I think, shop 500-watt shop lights and just did a wash up the wall just to get some sort of definition in there. But we shot, and it turned out she got some nice stuff inside of this barn. It was hot, and it was quick, but we got through it. But the shot that I treasure the most is I went out to the horse ranch where her husband and the groomsmen were, got them in their tuxedos, got them on their horses, and had them charge me. Um, oh wow! And um, it's it's on it's on my Insta. You'll see it's there. I have video of them, and I, I told Tyrell, I'm like, okay, here's the goal. I want you guys. I set up my two strobes. I have pro photos um, and you know, the wireless, and I go, this is the mark. I'm going to pop you guys right when you hit this mark. So when you're coming at me, I want you hauling butt, but. I'm going to shoot with my 7200, and I, you know, it's a great lens. It's sharp. It'll give me some distance, but I need to know, like, will the horses move around me? Do I need to move? Oh, that's right. Because you don't want to startle looked, them. Yeah, and he just go because they're coming full because they're they're cowboys. They're racing each other. They want to see who gets there first. They right. think their horse is the best. <laughs> and I just said, I go. So will the horses move, or should I move? And he goes, Yes. <laughs> I was like, What do you mean, yes? He goes. I don't know what's going to happen. Just it's best if you don't move. And I'm like, oh, great. So we shot some video of it's a little nerve wracking because you've got to put all your focus on it. And then you just see, you know, these six cowboys and horses just racing at you. But the shot was so worth it. It was just it's nice. so. Yeah. Okay, but, uh, but that's it. You know, that's it. You know, I, I, that's what I try to do is try to take a take a picture um, that and tell a story. I love tell it. Tell a story, or just have people go, "That is so cool." You know, um, and, and you're you're really doing it well because uh, you've got some really interesting and great shots here on your Instagram. Oh. Um, so, just wrapping this up, any f- I guess final tips? Someone is now starting out; they're looking at your Instagram, they're really inspired. What do we do next, Mark? What, what, what's your, what's your? <laughs> you take out your, a loan. <laughs> you take out a loan, right? You mortgage everything. <laughs> you 
I will say this. I think there's so much, um, because of the digital age we're in, you know, before it used to be like, oh, you got to take the picture and then you get your film and then you process it and you go there and you check the little box because I want double prints. Right. And then it comes back and you go, that didn't work out. What's some of my settings? So the learning curve for if you're starting out is so quick because mm. you can make an adjustment, take a picture and go, oh, I see how that changed versus waiting for that stuff to come back and taking notes. Very but, true. But if you're going to get into photography, um, you can tiptoe. My, my suggestion to people when they ask me what kind of camera I should buy, the first thing I say is what kind of pictures do you want to take? Right. You know, it's not that. It's like you have to see, you have to have a picture creator in your head. And then I'm going to say, maybe get an entry-level body. You know, I'm Canon, so I'll just say get a Rebel or something. Mm -hmm. Get the glass. The glass will stay with you forever. The body you can upgrade and change later on. Get a good lens. Um, You know, for me, it's, you know, I mean, I shoot with my 7200 all the time, but that's not cheap. They're like $2,000 for something like that, you know? But it's so versatile. It gets you that. But then again, are you going to take that to Universal Studios and get on the rides with that? No. So you need a point and shoot. So that's why it's so important when you want to, if you're really going to get into photography, are you just going to take snapshots? Because just use your iPhone. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know? But if you're going to make that commitment and you're like, I really, and I tell people this too, make a statement, tell your friends, go, look, I, dad wants to get into photography. So for Father's Day this year, instead of me just getting him something, why don't we as a family get him a gift card? Or get him, or we do. We go to everybody and say, "Hey, we want to buy you." And this is from eight of us, and this is, you know, your Father's Day gift. And get a lens, or get a camera, or get. And then that, you know, I had that with a friend of mine. Her, she did. She passed on her birthday present. She passed on her anniversary, and she passed on Christmas, just to get. Like she goes, "Don't buy me anything. Just Don't buy me anything. Just, collect gift and, cards." Yeah, and like that. that's what that's what she ended up doing. There's ways if you really, really want to get into it. For me. I mean, we haven't even talked about this, and we could some other time, but the, the, just the image alone, the stoppage of time, to hold that forever, mm-hmm. I had to mind go on a trip back to Arizona, and she called me in tears. She had texted me, and she called me in tears saying, my uncle just gave me some snapshots of when I was a little girl that I completely forgot about, and it just brought back so many memories. She's 40 years old. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's, and it just shook her to her bone not in a bad way but she's like right and that is what we do we create and hold memories forever and that i mean without look we have the present we have the future and we have our past and we document that history that it lives on and on and it's so vital to do that because it tells a story it reminds us of who we are where we came from my kids they won't have a whole lot of pictures of their dad because I'm the one taking it, but mm-hmm. they're going to have so many images to share from this day forward, you know, to look back going, yeah, this is your dad when he was a kid and, you know, mm-hmm. and some really good stuff. And that's, that's just priceless to have. Yeah, you know? it really is. It really is. I, I'm a, I'm a son of a photographer, so my childhood was very well documented too. So yeah. I, I know the value when you, when you grow up being able to look back and see all of that. So well chronicled. Yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Good for you. I'm glad I, 
I was a second child, so there's four pictures of me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was the first. Maybe that's part of it. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, my sister like, might think differently. <laughs> I know. I'm like, really? You got nothing? I got the hand-me-downs and four pictures. That's what I got to work off of here, people. My, gosh, my therapist is getting her money's worth. <laughs> She's getting money's worth. Nice, <laughs> nice. Well, well, this is good stuff, Mark. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to share uh, that I might have missed? Oh, Lynn, God, we, you know what? We could talk forever about photography. We, could. <laughs> we really could. I, no, just I treasure the opportunity to um, chat with you about it. I love talking with photographers who carry the same passion and sit and look at an image and critique. I follow you know, Joe McNally. I'm a big follower oh, yeah. of all of those guys, and I love watching their critiques and know that I don't have to be in that cesspool of like an editor going, go get me this, but I can go and just do what <laughs> I want to do. create, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, I'm very blessed in that sense, but I, I love hanging out and talking shop with photographers and lighting guys and tech guys and, you know, and that's where rare in Hollywood when, you know, because I'm considered talent, Mm-hmm. For us to sort of step into that union and want to know everything, because they're like, "Isn't he the talent guy?" He's exactly. like, "Exactly." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I want to know. Okay, what's a grid? What's a you know a gobo? What's all? How do I can use this?" And and they want to. Yeah. And um, so no, That's maybe at some other time. But I I would I'd love, love that. I I love um you know, and I love chatting with other people too about it. So good stuff. Um, yeah. Where do we find your stuff, Mark? Uh, you know what? I would just say Instagram because when I post something on Insta, I send it to both faith, Facebook and Twitter. But uh, I'm just at Mark Steinus on Instagram, and, um, and you know, like I love that. to hear feedback from people. I'm very, you like, yeah, I don't know how about you, but I'm very, my my work is very close to me, and it's very you know, personal. Yeah, it's very personal. Yeah, I'm I'm not there, and I'm on my journey, and I'm. You know, um, so I love to get feedback. I love to hear comments, positive comments. I tend to do that too. I'm more of the voice than I am American Idol and Simon Cowell. I tend to be like, amazing work. This is phenomenal. How'd you get this? Versus, did you ever do this or why did you do that? I had one person, I had one person criticize me because I had the pregnant lady in high heels and they're like, why? Why is it? Why? That doesn't make sense. And I go, exactly. It doesn't make sense. That's why it's interesting. I get to tell the story. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Well, well okay. thank you so much, Mark. I, this has been really a treasure, and, and I love talking with you, and I think I may take you up on your, you know, and us chatting again sometime in the future. Sure. I, you know what I'll do, too, maybe at some point, too. I, can, I, I have several other photos I just haven't put up on Instagram of my travels uh, and HDR work and tone mapping stuff and some portrait stuff and, you know, stuff like that that I just don't share that much of, but I can be more than happy to... Send your way, and then you can take a look at it. And you know, if you awesome. feel posted and share with your audience, awesome. Because I, I have quite a few of your underwater shoot, which I, I, I wanted to be able to put on the show notes and share with the yeah. listener. So that'd be great if we can do that. So thank absolutely. you so much, so much. Sure, absolutely. All right, good thanks. chatting with you, Linda. Good thing going here. All right, thank this. you so much. Okay, talk to you soon. All right. Thanks again to Mark Steinis for that that inspiring interview. Before we move on, I just want to suggest three takeaways from uh, Mark's, Mark's time with us. And the first one is find your true calling or passion and use it to help someone. He, he talked about that, and I thought that was something worth remembering. Remember, for us, photography is one of our passions, but you might have a, maybe another 
true passion or calling. And sometimes it's great to be able to pair the two and use your gift to help someone. And the second one is it you can play when you get the chance and enjoy the process. Enjoy the process. He, he gave us that Deepak uh, Choka uh, quote that basically says you want to be able to enjoy the journey and be detached from the outcome. And that's just, um, you know, so this is what he's doing as he's playing around. He's just enjoying the process. He's learning along the way and not worrying about the outcome. And number three is don't just take pictures, tell stories because in stories you have your true impact. And, and often, you know, I, we talk about this when we do our, when I do my, um, Compo- not composition or the big, the half day workshops that it's the, so what factor often that can separate your photo from the millions of others I'll see online. And in, in that, the, so what factor is usually the storytelling. It's usually what that's st- what that photo says to me or what it makes me stop and think. And it's usually in that story that you will find the impact you need to separate yourself from everyone else. And so you go see how Mark has sort of thinking about his photography that way and using that as a tool to actually communicate with his with his audience and his viewers. So three things, find your true calling and passion, use it to help someone. Two, play, have a good time and be detached from the outcome. And three, don't just take pictures, tell stories because that's how you make an impact. All right. Thank you so much, so much to Mark for sharing um, your time, your talent, and your wisdom with us. Um, you can follow Mark on his Instagram, uh, his Instagram um, account at Mark Steinus at Mark Steinus. That's M A R K S T E I N E S M A R K S T E I N E S. And if you do um, connect with him, show him a little love. And um, I'm sure he'd appreciate it. All right. Now, you can follow this podcast if you like what we're doing here. If you enjoyed yourself, if this was fun for you, then I'm going to invite you to follow along. You can find this episode directly by going to our bit.ly link, which is bit.ly forward slash shutterbug life 033. Uh, If you want to make sure you don't miss any in the future, then I would ask you to subscribe. If you go to shutterbuglife.com forward slash subscribe, you will be able to enter in your name and email. And then every time one of these is released, you'll get an email reminder from me, as well as any other fun things we do here um, within the Shutterbug Life community. All right. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. If you go to iTunes, um, actually just go to itunes.shutterbuglife.com and you'll find our iTunes page. You can subscribe there and I'll ask for the additional step of leaving a review if you love what we do, because that certainly is helpful to signaling to the rest of the community that we're having fun here in the Shutterbug Life. Um, community. All right. And then same thing applies on Stitcher. And then if during the week we are active in our Facebook group, just go to fb.shutterbuglife.com and that will take you straight to the Facebook group. And you can share some of your images, share what you're working on, share some of your experiences, tell us what you're learning along the way. I'd love to hear from you there. If you're in Washington, D.C., our meetup is active. You can you can come have fun with us in the Shuttlebug Excursions community. 
and uh, there'll be a link there, but it's meetup.com forward slash shuttlebug excursions. And of course, if you are in learning mode, then you can come learn with me in Washington, D.C. with my uh, photo tour D.C. And then later on, we'll be doing the same thing in New Orleans. All right. So lots of ways for you to learn, to share and to grow with your photography um, experience and I hope you do it in our community. Thanks so much for being a part. Thanks for beginning your week with us. And of course, whatever you do this week, enjoy your shutterbug life. Take care. Mm-hmm.